0: my
1: Yeah, do that. Hey, baby mama, let me whisper in
0: your ear I don't want to hear. I don't remember the rest of the lyrics.
2: Oh, damn. That was like something something that you liked you know, that's probably good because then we won't get a copyright infringement. Oh, that's right. Hello. Hi.
0: Welcome to... <laughs> knock over my mouth?
2: <laughs> hello. Hello. And welcome to Always Carry a Broomstick. I'm your host, Lauren Riot, sitting here with Persephone Dark. Say hello. Hello. You're not supposed to sip
0: coffee like that on a podcast. I <laughs> <laughs> To let them all know. <laughs> We're sipping coffee. It's yummy. Breakfast blend. Closer. Even though it's 4 p.m. Closer to the mic. Choke up, baby breakfast blend at 5 p.m you Maybe know the see. vibes those
2: are the audio waves we want to see nice
0: mm-hmm.
2: so we don't have a cool serial killer case today but we did come to talk all things
0: witchy mm? Mm-hmm. why do you look nervous i don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> keep talking
2: <laughs> great i'll keep talking we were thinking about talking about some of our what our favorite stuff and then how people can get started commonly asked questions or my questions or your (laughs) questions sure well okay let me ask you Persephone when I mean I know this because I'm your mom Mm -hmm. but when you were a kid you had this awakening of being interested in things related to witchcraft that had not a lot to do with me
0: do you remember that which time the first time (laughs) the first time when I was like seven or eight? Yeah. Yeah, I remember I liked to play with the candle wax and I would like just make up stuff <laughs> on my own. I think I had like one oil and a couple incenses and I would just, but that's all you need.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you did your own thing and I tried to stay out of it.
0: And I got candle wax all over my room and I never cleaned it. <laughs> I was
2: gonna say when you were talking about the candles that you destroyed so many things with yes. candle wax. But I, I still was...
0: have some that I made that are like half on my finger. like dips
2: in it oh i didn't want to call you out on the podcast (laughs) it's okay but uh yeah you did spill a lot of wax but that's all right we were never gonna get the deposit back on that place either way (laughs) private landlords never give you your deposit back that's like a thing damn i know
0: we should have just trashed it Mm -hmm. kind of did (laughs) we did our duty we did the best that we could right with the pets that we had yes
2: (laughs) so what do you remember about that time as being really influential because you were sort of an an innocent. You didn't have a lot of ideas of what you were working on. So I think you yeah. have an advantage
0: over people. Mm. So what would you say was... I'm not sure. I mean, I was a kid, so I had a, like a really intense imagination. And I didn't have like any imaginary friends, but I would try. I would like try to conjure up like imaginary people. And I remember during that time, I tried to have like this imaginary friend to do witchcraft with me so mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have to do it alone. Literally a familiar. Yeah, basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so, yeah, no, I just remember sitting in my room, like just mostly playing around with it. I don't think I had too much of like a consciousness of what exactly I wanted to be doing, but I just was really like interested in it. And I just wanted to like vibe with my candles. (laughs) Nice. So then what brought you back to it? I'm not sure. Cause after that, I feel like I stopped for a little while. I feel like I've always had an altar somewhere in my room. Mm-hmm. I've always had like a drawer full of my powders and whatever I've collected over the years. Um, shells. Shells. I have lots of seashells that from my sea life. Horse. Yes, and I have lots of like small objects like from your dad. Mm-hmm. And I always had those um, even when I, the I was like seven or eight when I was just starting. I would always hold those turquoise beads, and the seahorse. It's your birthstone. Like, yeah, I know mm-hmm. it's perfect. But they're also from Grandpa Jean, and I would I would smell them because it like smelled really old when you <laughs> open the bottle. Mm-hmm. It made me happy. That's really
2: cool. I was my introduction to all things which was a combination of leaving the Pentecostal Church, mm-hmm. which the Pentecostal Church has quite a bit of uh, magical energy going on inside. So it makes sense that moving away from that, I had a strong energetical, I don't know, I, I had a, a strong connection with energy. In that mm-hmm. time, I was a young adolescent, and then also coming out of the Pentecostal church. But I was just mostly wanting to be just straight up sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was burning pages out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I was trying to did you ever roll a joint
0: with the Bible page? I, I did. Oh, great.
2: I, I was trying to communicate with the devil. <laughs> I was... Just really, I what I was first trying to do was trying to see if God would smite me down, right? If I betrayed God enough ways, would God smite me down? And it depends on how you consider smiting, because mm. my life wasn't exactly peas and carrots <laughs> after that. So maybe God did smite me down, who knows? but uh, and then the craft came out, and mm-hmm. I think that that was pretty influential, also. I would love to say something way cooler than that, but I think actually that's how a lot of people <laughs> lot in my people. generation for sure. did. And I think that's a part of why people love the witch aesthetic, especially as the 90s yeah. come back has to do with mm-hmm. that movie, as that the 90s sense. have been trendy again. But yeah, for me, I started off just really being a shit. <laughs> and then I started going to the witch store, and I picked uh-huh. up a couple of books and right. got into incense. And then I got these really cool messages from my ancestors that were really meaningful and great warnings and i completely ignored them Mm. and it was only in retrospect that i really understood what they were trying to do so whoops (laughs) but i mean are you really a teenager if you don't ignore all of the advice from your elders that's
0: true (laughs) so
2: hey i feel like i you you were you ignored some advice and you listened Um, to some advice okay (laughs) but you you picked what was best for you you made good decisions i'm proud of you
0: thank you you're welcome i was gonna say do you remember when i used to make potions yes also mm-hmm. i used to go into the backyard and find like sticks or rocks or dirt that i liked mm-hmm. and i would just mix as much gross stuff as i possibly could into one jar and you were so pleased with yourself oh, so it was great yeah it was way better than making like a mud cake right my bottle is magical <laughs> mm-hmm. so. i loved that it was fun
2: and i, I felt when you were small that if I poked at you and told you things that I would be messing with your Mm -hmm. natural trajectory and I really wanted it to be organic and self-led and for you to discover things on your own. And then you did tell me at some point a few years ago that it was a little unfair that I hadn't (laughs) given
0: you any
1: Yeah, it was just
0: unfair because there's like a million books in the house that I would like to read, but have never read because I don't have time or don't feel like it but you are like a walking encyclopedia <laughs> and you have to share all your information with me so I can be a walking encyclopedia so you have to tell me everything and you weren't telling me well now I'd, lo- I'd love to I'd love to <laughs> okay. know
2: and I'll say for anybody that's listening don't bother creating a library of books because <laughs> and don't you Persephone yeah. don't you bother reading them because almost all of them are horse shit I
0: know
2: so and what's not horse shit, you don't really need to even read the whole book exactly. up.
0: Exactly. And that's why I want you to just give me, like, the... You want the CliffsNotes. Cliff notes. yes. Perfect.
2: Yeah. Well, really, in terms of finding your path with magic and with witchcraft, it... It's something that a person really has to do on their own. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything. Right. And if you learn to, if you get too much information, what happens is, and I'm a perfect example of this myself, if you get too much information, you end up becoming a theoretical witch. You can right. understand all of these principles, and you can understand Definitely. the history of all different practices, and you can have a great understanding of how things work and no practical knowledge of how to use it in your own life. Right. So don't bother with books as much as you can help it. It would be really fun for us in the future to do an Ask a Witch type of segment, I guess. But since we have not started that, I was just going to start with some questions that people have asked me in the last couple of months. And then you and I can both answer them. Okay. And you can answer them however you want. And then If you have other questions that come up, then I'm sure that'd be helpful. And if I have questions that come up for me, then we'll just learn about them and come back, I guess. (laughs) The first question that I think people ask me is, how do I get started? I'm really interested in it. How do I get started? And I think what a lot of people would say is, go to a witch store and Mm. pick out a book and try some things out. And I think... I
0: don't think so. That's not how you would want (laughs) to
2: learn to cook. No, exactly you wouldn't pick up a cookbook and then go home and try and copy it and then Mm. that's learning
0: to cook right you might you want to learn the fundamentals of cooking like why do you put that ingredient in there right what What does it serve what temperature does meat need to be cooked to to not be why do you do it in that order like what's the reasoning because you don't want to just memorize a recipe because that's only going to be good for the one recipe you want to memorize the like ideology of cooking so that you can use it for whatever you want and you can just make up a recipe on your own. Exactly. So not to spoon feed but I would say the
2: the most useful piece of information I think for getting started that never is talked about in any beginning book ever and I don't understand why is there are different planes of reality and existence and we're here on earth where there's a lot of matter that's why we can touch each other and it feels nice. Oh, she touched me. (laughs) Or you can touch each other and it doesn't feel nice. Or you can touch each other and it doesn't feel nice. (laughs) And, you know, obviously there's energy here also. And then there are other planes of existence where the primary currency is energy. And one of those is the astral, which is probably the most familiar to people. And something that I think people think you have to learn to astrally project and all of these other, you know, go on trips into the astral and you should learn how to do that. People should definitely do that, but they think that that is something separate from everything else. Mm -hmm. But the astral exists in tandem with here. And when you're doing magic, you are essentially reaching into the astral in some way, messing with or changing or tinkering with the energy there and trying to cause an effect here. And so whenever you're doing magic, whether you're doing little spells off of Instagram, <laughs> little blessing jars for your home or lighting a candle, you're not it's not just about wishful thinking and having good intentions. It's about right. it's about hacking the system a little bit. It's yeah. like going into the HTML code. Kinda. <laughs> like I guess back into
0: the database. Yeah, the or rivers. like those
2: kids that they're doing online school, and they have to do these online tests, and they use the feature in the web browser to open up the HTML code, and then they can see what the answers on their tests are written into the HTML code, and then they can what? exit out of it, answer the Did you just teach me how to cheat in Zoom school? You would never cheat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, So kind of like that. And I I feel like that fundamental piece of information is really important. So everything that you do beyond that, you can really make a lot of it up as you go along. And there are lots of people who have done it. And so you can copy some of the things that they do. But you should really be coming up with your own way of doing it. So now when you look at those magic cookbooks and recipes Mm -hmm. and see what they say you can maybe start to get an understanding of if it says a plant if it says to use an herb
1: mm-hmm.
2: try and understand why they picked that herb right and don't necessarily use that herb yeah and if it picks a specific stone that's a place where i think it gets really silly
1: mm-hmm.
2: stones are everywhere <laughs> using yeah. what's around you working with the land and the spirits of the land around you is going to be much more practical Than going to the store buying a rock that was mass tumbled, mass distributed for like
0: seven dollars
2: after it was mined by slave children in a developing nation. Mm -hmm. So, and what energy speaking of comes with that? Mm -hmm. What energy is on there, and can you really clean it off if you participated
1: Mm. in
2: it making it happen? You know, sure. I mean, sure, maybe you can, but (laughs) what kind of person are you? Monster? You are a monster. No, we all we all buy (laughs) things that. that, that are connected to slavery because we live under capitalism but
0: and chocolate is really good and chocolate is really good there's
2: i just read today that there's gonna be a big lawsuit in the u.s about slave labor and chocolate against mars and
0: hershey and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's okay hershey's chocolate is like the worst kind it's like bottom tier
2: I think Hershey's chocolate is uniquely American because of uh, using curdled milk or something like that. Ew, what? I heard that once. I don't know <laughs> if it's true. There's, that's very American. <laughs> I don't know if that's true at all. But it does have that weird off taste, right? Kind of. Yeah. And European chocolate is sweeter. European chocolate is. Yeah, it's true. So getting started, I'd say go to a place in nature and be in it. Think about something that you want to affect, a change that you want to make. Somewhere in your life, and then listen until something calls out to you that it's trying to work with you. Mm-hmm. And that's how you'll find a plant to make friends with, or that's how you'll find yeah. a stone to work with. And if you can't do that, like we live in cities, we're yeah. busy. I have kids, you have school, right. mm-hmm. people have work you know you don't have to go out into the woods you don't have to drive far away you right. can also just go for a walk down the street and you yeah. can steal a little rock from your neighbor's yard mm-hmm. that who knows where it came from but it's there and it's going me pick me pick mm-hmm. me program me with your energy it's a pick me girl it's a pick me girl <laughs> but but think about things more in those terms rather than following a recipe or or even like connecting with a specific school of magic or right. becoming an initiated into something at least when you're getting started take the uh 7-year-old Persephone approach right. of experimenting with it because go make
0: a potion in your backyard with any sticks and mud you find exactly
2: <laughs> you know or if you're really struggling with Creativity or feeling like you struggle with perceiving energies. Yeah. Try the, I would say, try the abracadabra spell. (laughs) It's really fun and it's really easy. It's just a matter of writing letters and dropping one off every day. And you can learn to focus a little bit of what you're doing and also develop some habits around keeping track of your magic that way. Mm. The other thing I'd say is... Keep a dream journal.
0: Yeah, I try. I just don't have, like, I wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. and it's just I never think to do it because it's not, I have to just make a habit. (laughs) So my
2: pro tip for making a habit and training your brain is to have a dream journal, and every morning when you wake up, if you didn't remember your dream, Mm -hmm. write in the journal, I "I didn't remember remember my my dream. dream. Yeah, I don't do that. Because when you do that, you're training your brain that it's something worth remembering, for starters. And right. you're just creating the habit of picking up the pencil first yeah. thing
0: when you wake up. I love dreaming, too. It's like double life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sometimes I have, with dream journaling, I have used the keep, the keep, Google keep in my phone. Yeah. And so, like, bleary-eyed, like, one eye, <laughs> half open, middle of the night, just writing keywords. Just, yeah. Just writing house, car, you know, some person's name. Was weird. Mm -hmm. Something scared me. And then going back to sleep, and just those keywords, when I look at them the next morning, will trigger some memory of the dream. So it doesn't have, you don't have to write a beautiful journal entry with everything. (laughs) Like if you're going to. If you're going to try and take some trip into the astral or into the underworld or Mm -hmm. something like that, you might want to take the time after something big like that to journal it out and write it in all of its glory so that you don't forget a single thing. Right. But, But for your dream journal, like... What you're trying to do is have something practical, not something that you're going to read in 30 years and go, wow, I'm a great writer. Right. <laughs> Your brain is a great writer in this one. Your spirit is a great writer in this one. So, yeah. The other thing that so a couple of people have asked me recently is about starting an ancestor altar. Mm, yeah. So I'm going to shoot that one to you first. So what is an what does an ancestor altar look like to you?
0: I mean, an ancestor altar is just a place for you to reconnect with your deceased families or people that have claimed you as one of their own, as their kin. So you can you can be not related to someone and like claim them as an ancestor if they call out to you. If you have like a connection with them. Let's see how many times I can say like. Did you know I'm from California? Yeah, we're from California
2: <laughs> and I, I'll say that in the other podcast I edit out a lot of the likes. But I, I'm not gonna do that in this podcast
0: like totally like so so then like so like you're just gonna have to get over it like whatever yeah everybody <laughs> from the east coast is grinding their teeth right now <laughs> oh my god like
2: for real <laughs> sorry we'll throw a wicket in there for you guys <laughs> But anyway,
0: Mm -hmm. an ancestor altar, you can put offerings up there and pictures and items of theirs. I always like to have like, I don't have that many objects from my ancestors, but I do have that like dead, um, what should I call it? Seahorse. Mm -hmm. Um, And some turquoise beads from my grandpa. And I never got to meet him, but I've always felt really connected to him. Mm -hmm. So I like having his objects on my altar and funeral cards and pictures of, like, my great-grandparents. And, yeah, and then just give them offerings of your dinner or, like, your dessert, something that was hard for you to come by that, you know, means a lot to you. Or, you know, a little shot of whiskey for Grandpa. (laughs) And, yeah. Uh,
2: uh, (laughs) If anybody's listening, my daughter never has access to whiskey to put on her altar. (laughs) I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's – it doesn't have to be – Complicated. It can be something as simple as you have an end table and a picture of your grandma sits at that end table yeah. and you put a glass of water in front of it. Right. And then it can be really elaborate. But I think the thing to getting started is to create a sacred space mm-hmm. in your house for it. Think of it as a reserved space for your ancestors. Yeah. And depending on what level of ancestor work you want to do, it can be a portal for communication. Right. And you can do that all different kind of ways. So for me personally, I keep a statue of Santa Muerte on mine. Mm -hmm. She acts as a... I think this word is so funny. She acts as a psychopomp. What I think it's such a funny word. Psychopomp? Yeah, it's like a person who uh helps souls travel between oh cool the, like the world of the living and the dead
0: like persephone oh, yes like, my gosh like persephone i'm a psychopomp
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know why it i think it's because of like growing up in punk it like seems like a pompadour for somebody in a psychobilly band but it oh, always sounds funny
0: to me i think that would be a cool song psychopomp psychopomp like cool punk song Yeah. So psycho. I feel like that would be a (laughs) psycho Billy song
2: about hair. So I do that. And then we have an arrangement where when I light the candles then I'm asking for the door to be open. And when I blow out the candles, then I'm asking for the door to be closed so that there's a little bit of privacy Mm -hmm. for me in my home and also so that I know when I need to be alert to communication versus, or when I'm just, I'm saying I'm open to communication versus when I'm trying to go about my daily life. Yeah. So, and that altar gets a little bit more elaborate all the time and then I have to tidy it up, but it's covered in photos and keepsakes and Some of my dad's bones are up there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, Flowers. I put flowers up there. I'm growing some plants up there. That's mm -hmm. been really cool. I had a, my kids broke off a piece of one of my, it's just a pothos and you know they root really easily. But I put it in water and I put it on the ancestor altar and it's rooting extremely fast, Hmm. much more quickly than any of the other ones that I have. So that's been fun to see. (laughs) And then another thing that I've done is at times when I have some type of spell work that I'm doing that I want help with the ancestors, then I use the altar for that. And I would say that for anyone getting started, that's why this sort of flows into it. For anyone getting started, it's probably the best first step. Yeah, A lot of people want to learn about crystals and crystal grids and I think that's really a waste of time. Or they want to learn about magical spells and and everybody wants to know about love and money.
0: Yeah, people are really focused on material things when they're starting off with magic because yeah, that's what our entire world is about. So like people will want to learn palmistry so they can see exactly what's on your hand and that's material to them. They can understand it. But what's hard for people to understand is that it's not about material things at all. Like it doesn't matter what kind of stone you have. It doesn't matter what kind of whatever. It's just about what like energy is for you and like what works for you right and what you feel connected to
2: right and it's about developing your perception of energy over time and your perception
0: of intuition and it's about your like psych psychic powers or whatever it's not about what's actually on your hand it's about the person that's interpreting it right and and in terms of developing energy and Energy
2: perception and psychic power and things like that, you don't develop those by reading books about Mm -hmm. how to do it or following. People's instructions about how to do it. You do it by experimenting, and then just doing it over and over again.
1: You you know, first
2: you'll pick something up, and you'll go, I don't know, I kind of I'm sensing a thing, but it's probably just all in my head because I want to be sensing a thing. Yeah, you're gonna have to do that a bunch of times before you're like, nope, no, I am, I'm sensing a thing. No, I still do that. Sure, all the time, and that's a part of learning. And that's (laughs) you know, we're we're coming as people who are learning. We're not we're not wizards. You're a wizard Harry. I wanna I wanna be a wizard. I, I wanna be a vengeance demon actually. But <laughs> I know you, do. you know, I think the the thing is if you are thinking about having psychic connection and connecting with spirits, the safest spirits to connect with first are your ancestors. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I think it's really important to establish that connection in the beginning of your journey too, because just they can help you. Yeah. And if you're listening out for that kind of thing, if you have like a portal open, then it's going to be a lot easier for you to, you know, continue and maintain that connection if you start off with your family and people that you trust.
2: And if you're learning to have communication with your ancestors, you're going to understand what communicating with spirits and then potentially right. deities looks mm-hmm. like. And feels like, it sounds like for you, because for everybody it's different. Some people are clairaudient, some people are clairvoyant, some people mm-hmm. are clairsentient. Some <laughs> people, you know, it's like in, you know, you can't, I can't promise anybody that if they follow a certain trajectory of steps that mm-hmm. they'll get to that place because that's just not how it works. You right. have to, you really have to forge your own path.
0: I think it's also like our, especially American educational system, but just global educational system is like very centered in, reading the book, copying down exactly what it says, like figuring out, you know. And then having about- the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Especially with witchcraft. There's like the having the stuff. And right. mostly when I go to
2: witch stores, I end up browsing for like two hours mm-hmm. because I want to buy something, but there's nothing of a lot of value there Right. to... To my practice, and really from what I see, to most people's practices. But they do sell what people want. People want crystals. People want pre-made talismans. People want jewelry. People want books. People want pre-made incense. Mm -hmm. And they want pre-made oils. And they they don't want to be
0: chefs. Yeah. They want to... Which is also very much a part of capitalism.
2: Right. And that's fine if that's the level of magic that you're interested in working with. But if you're Mm -hmm. interested in going beyond that you really have to think about reverse engineering the things that
0: you that you would buy at the store but i mean just i feel like think about being in science class and you just have to sit there reading this boring book about cells when you could be doing an experiment where you would learn way more by doing it hands-on exactly and I feel like every kid would way rather do an experiment. And so I feel like with magic it's kind of similar. You don't want to just read the book and do all the boring things. Like you wanna actually put your hands in that dirt. You've gotta be you a gotta kid about it. it. Exactly. exactly. You have to approach it with childlike Definitely. curiosity. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Be a child. Kids are great. Yeah. And I feel like adults need that a lot. Like yeah. they need to just like have a moment to like go back to their child selves. Every how can once in adults a while. how can adults go back to their child selves, Persephone? I don't think I'm allowed to recommend that. It's just theoretical. It's all theoretical. Theoretically, if you wanted to do psychoactive drugs, (laughs) it would probably help. (laughs) Just a little, like, just a little sum sum. That brings me
2: to another ask-a-witch type of thing. And this isn't something that people have asked me personally. I think because they know that I'm in a legally precarious situation (laughs) talking about psychoactive drugs, but... A lot of beginning witches want to talk about, quote unquote, hedge crossing
1: Hmm.
2: and and flight and astral travel. And they feel like there's a hiccup in their giddy up about getting over the hedge or whatever. (laughs) And so they are interested in using herbal aids right to do that and that's a time-honored tradition that i think is totally fine it's potentially dangerous and it's something that people should never take lightly
0: yeah
2: and but what i see is that i think is really interesting is that a lot of people get into traditional witchcraft which is cool because it's a cool path and a lot of them are and i'm speaking mostly to uh, in this case i'm speaking to americans or north americans they're they're white they're looking back to europe for their traditions they're not right. trying to be appropriative of other cultures and i think that's great they're looking to their bloodline ancestry i think that's also great but one of the things that they do is they think that the only herbs that they should be using to facilitate these trips are the herbs from europe and from right old traditional witchcraft practices and i think that that is really silly first of all they did not have science labs a few hundred years ago when people were making flying ointment is flying (laughs) ointment cool it's a great idea for people who don't know what flying ointment is you take a bunch of poisonous plants you make them into an ointment you rub it on your genitals you get high and you trip and that's i mean that's and you go on a trip it's got to be on your mucosal membranes. That's where,
0: that's that where the um, idea of which is flying on broomsticks come from, right? That's where my understanding. Comes from. So mm-hmm. comes, comes from. from.
2: <laughs> that's my understanding,
0: yeah. And and
2: the broom was uh, the the broom or a stang or whatever is a piece of grounding mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. During, during flight. As some people have said that they would rub flying women all over their naked bodies or whatever. But my understanding of the science of it is that it really works on your mucosal membranes and you can't, it's poisonous, so you can't put it in your mouth. So some of those herbs are incredibly toxic. Even in small doses, they're very hard on your internal organs. And it's fine to use them in safe amounts. They don't grow in North America wild. They have to be purchased generally illegally. Mm -hmm. And then the dosing for making something like that is up to your best internet search. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is impractical, potentially dangerous. It leaves people who have a sense of self-preservation buying flying ointments from people that have good reputations. But even that is a little iffy. Maybe you'll get something that does nothing. Or maybe you'll get something that does something, which means it's dangerous. And that means that it needs to be taken really seriously. Mm-hmm. And I. I don't understand the obsession with using these traditional herbs when I think that there are safer things that people could use. Like, Like, mushrooms are probably more regulated in the U.S. than that. I I I think psilocybin mushrooms are much safer. Yeah. Just speaking from a medical perspective in terms of the...
0: I've heard that they're better for you than, like, any other drug, like, including alcohol. Like, they'd have less damage on your organs and less damage, like, permanent. Damage if you like overuse or whatever.
2: Right, unless you do what that one guy did, which never do this. He made mushroom tea and then injected it into his bloodstream, Mm. and the mushroom spores were alive, Mm. and they tried to grow mushrooms in his blood, and (laughs) he went into organ failure, and he's alive, but it was touch and go. So don't do that. You know, this is these types of things are things to take seriously it has to do with both your physical health and your spiritual health and you know if you're traveling to the astral or you're traveling to the underworld or whatever you're gonna not everybody that exists on earth or on any other plane has your best interests at heart and so you need to be thinking about your safety everywhere you go and you need to be thinking about what you put into your body right and is it going to is it going to have lasting effects? So, but I, all I really wanted to say there was, I think the obsession with using traditional European herbs for this is kind of silly. The native people, the indigenous people of North and South America also had spiritual traditions that involved yes. <laughs> that involved psychedelics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And some of those are a little safer. Some of those are a little less safe, but using what's available to you regionally and what is safer to use is one of the best ways that you can respect yourself and respect the environment. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that everybody should like go do ayahuasca or something because I think that (laughs) there's there are cultural issues at play there too. But the consciousness around that, it seems like it seems like another aspect of recipe following. And I think right. that's, a, I think that's a mistake. But with that said, mugwort is readily available. But again, mugwort does have, it doesn't make you high, but it does facilitate a little trip. It does have high levels of, it's, I think it's pronounced thujone. It's hard on your internal organs. So
0: best in moderation.
2: What else? What else do people like to, Beginners like to get into
0: i don't know a lot of my friends are getting into witchcraft and part of it i think is because is because it's becoming more societally acceptable and aesthetically, aesthetically trendy, trendy mm-hmm. because my generation is obsessed with aesthetics mm-hmm. and you but know you're not artists. gonna lie you're a generation of artists definitely and witch aesthetic is kind of cool so like sure. i get it
2: like I get it, and it's very it's very <laughs> counterculture, especially yeah, especially right now when there is this when there's a rise of fascism, when the boomers right. hold the power, you
0: know it, yeah. it makes sense. I'm not actually mad at it becoming trendy. No, I I'm, either. and I often am when it's something that I've been into for a really long time. Same, but I think it would be cool to have like a whole generation of witches. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's a lot of misconceptions because most of what people are getting this information from is from social media. Right. And so it's, you know, like, Instagram, how bullshit. to make a jar spell. Right. Which, like, there's lots of useful information in that. And there's, like, witch talk, TikTok. <laughs> but right. it's just not, it's, like, for every one video that has useful information, there's another one that's complete bullshit. It's probably more, like, <laughs> for everything
2: that has useful information, there's, there's like are several or hundred or hundred. Hundred. yeah of just <laughs> sure. utter bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And... I think that's a bummer because it's such an accessible way to get information.
0: Right. For sure.
2: What I wish was that people were getting more into real witchcraft, but then at the same time, you know, I don't know how, I don't know why I care so much. And Mm. and I grew up, so you know this about me, I grew up in a super Christian household and it still bothers me to this day how many people say that they're Christians and actually don't have the first idea of what christianity is supposed to mean and i'm not even talking about like in the beautiful love your neighbor Mm -hmm. sense which most christians are failing at miserably right but they don't understand any of the basics of their religion at all and they're operating on this as long as i do whatever i want and basically ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and subscribe to the right deity, then I'm promised this reward. And that's so silly. But if if I can look around at all of these fake Christians and kind of get over it and be like, all right, fine, whatever, yeah. then I can look around at all of these fake witches and be like, okay, like whatever makes you happy. Right. Yeah, definitely. It, what's interesting to me is that I see so many figures on Instagram, especially
0: mm-hmm.
2: Witchstagram. Mm -hmm. who are they're selling services they are creating cults of personality around themselves Mm -hmm. and they're writing books Mm -hmm. and many of them not all but many of them are extremely full of shit
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and they have huge followings and they're respected as these leaders in esoteric knowledge right Mm -hmm. And so if you're just starting out, they look like the people to turn to for answers. Mm -hmm. And then you're never going to get anywhere for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that makes me so grouchy about it. Yeah. Is that there are people who could be really, they could really change their lives positively. And they could really get something out of a magical practice. Yeah. But they're getting caught up with these charlatans, basically. (laughs) And... It's just it's just sad because, you know, I don't know that they'll ever get anywhere past that. Yeah. And they and they could otherwise. So that's why I would say you've really got to forge your own path and you really have to experiment and you really have to be willing to be in a position to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. That means you're going to mess with energy and then it's going to do something that you don't like. That wasn't what you intended. Maybe it will hurt you. Maybe it will hurt somebody else. Right. And you have to be thinking about when you're doing it, how would I undo it? And if you come up against a situation that you can't fix then that's where I think these charlatans really cause a problem because people who are experimenting and learning are going to make mistakes. That's the only way to learn. But if you get in over your head, you should be able to reach out to somebody who has more experience than you, who can help you get out of that situation. Right. And finding that person seems incredibly difficult at this time. Yeah. I And I don't even really have any good advice for that. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. We, we could be having a lot more community around this. Right. But... It's very difficult for people who are trying to do real stuff to be in the same time and place as, like, New Agers. Right. And I don't want to shit on all Wiccans, but there is, like, a um. lot of... I think, you know, Wicca has its merits. I guess. But it's it's not going to do that much. It I think it does a lot for people's sense of self, and that's really good for them. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's hard. it's hard to grow and it's hard to figure out who's legit and who's not. Probably in terms of finding someone to help solve your problems mm-hmm. is giving them a little bit of a test. Like if you're going to go see a witch at a witch store, botanica or something like mm-hmm. that, maybe withhold some of the details of what's going on and see what their energy perception mm-hmm. is in that situation. How would you do that? Well, you could you could ask them questions about how it might work. Yeah, and and consequences that it might have, or if you had maybe let's say you have like a spell leftovers or something like that, and you're like I did this, it didn't work out how I wanted it to work. Let them see it and maybe touch it and see how it worked. Mm -hmm. And if they can't, or if they start saying some crazy ass shit, (laughs) maybe they're not the one for you.
0: Yeah. What else for beginners? I have a topic. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. All my friends that are getting interested and just I feel like teenagers in general that are Mm -hmm. getting into witchcraft are really into tarot cards and I think part of it is the aesthetic and I think part of it is that it's very like well known as a practice of divination. It's also a great way to connect with people. Yeah and it's easy like for starting out you know to like just play around with some cards. It's It's very social. Yeah definitely. So Um, you want to just talk about tarot? A little bit because I know that you have thoughts about it i have opinions you have your opinions i have opinions um i think that it can be a really useful form of divination i've had like a lot of good experiences with multiple tarot decks i have my mini one that i've had since i was probably 10 didn't i put that in your stocking yes (laughs) Uh uh-huh and i used to like at sleepovers give my friends tarot readings Mm -hmm. and sometimes they would turn out like really like legit And sometimes I would take what I wanted from it as an interpretation and kind of discard it because it didn't really feel like what I needed in the moment. But I do think that it can be a useful form of divination for beginners.
2: I agree. I think where people get hung up on the tarot is that there's 78 cards and Mm -hmm. they have each deck is a little different. But just thinking, you know, about the basics Each card has its little set of meanings, and then it has its reverse set of meanings, which isn't always the opposite. Yeah. Which would, that would make things a little more simple, wouldn't it? (laughs) If you only had to memorize 78 things. So people want to memorize the cards, Mm -hmm. and then they want to, like, shuffle them, flip them over, and then just regurgitate what they've memorized. But that isn't really what divination is. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you can get something useful out of that. Certainly the cards are open enough that you can always, you can pull any card at any time for any reason and Mm -hmm. find some wisdom in it and find some way to connect it to something. And if that helps get you through your day, then that's great. It's cheaper than therapy for sure. (laughs) But I think what people miss out on is that the tarot is a tool in order to build your psychic power and intuition and understanding that first is much more important than memorizing the cards. Yeah. And there are ways to go about memorizing how things are and I would say first of all don't bother sitting with the book and the cards and trying to memorize each one. That's such a waste of your time. But you can do things like memorize the aspects of the numbers. Yeah. And that helps so that it so that if you're able to say like, well, I know that this number right. relates to conflict. Yeah. And I know that this suit relates to feelings. Yeah, Then you can make those types of connections in the reading without having memorized it. And I think that is helpful. But also, you know you should get to a point with tarot where you're getting messages from the experience that are outside of just what the cards say they're the tool that gets you to there so through practice that's what you want my favorite tarot learning exercise is it's super fun i've thought about doing it as a live video on instagram before because it's so fun and you i always end up getting so wildly inappropriate because so many cards <laughs> have people bound and have people like in these weird situations yeah. and you you get like the man walking away <laughs> from the woman and then you get a card and it's like the woman is pregnant staring off into the water and you're mm-hmm. like so they they tell this fun story so One of the exercises that you can do is you can set your deck down and flip over a card and don't pay attention to what the card is at all. Just tell the story in the picture. Yeah. So you flip I'm it like over and there's like a, a woman and she's in a forest and you're like, oh, this princess got lost in the forest. And then mm-hmm. you flip the card over and there's a knight and you're like, oh, the knight's looking for her. And then you flip the next card over. Damn, I'm, this is a sexist story. I'm getting I'm being, <laughs> I'm being kind of boring about it. When Lame. the cards are in front of you, you kind of get inspired and as you flip yeah. through, you get sillier and sillier and sillier and you start to tell stories that way because what you want to do is make a connection to the cards where you're storytelling right and then you can expand from there and you can do two sets of cards and tell two simultaneous stories that are separate about separate people or you can do like this happened and then this happened and then flip over another card this is why then oh. flip over a card. This is what happened. Then this happened. This is why it happened. And you're just flipping the card over and just going with the first thing that comes to your mind from the pictures. And you will get sillier and sillier. And they'll get ridiculous or sexual or <laughs> embarrassing or like. And it doesn't matter if you're flipping them over and being like, he farted. So she walked away <laughs> from him. Like, who cares? Because you're just telling the story. But uh-huh. those types of exercises connect you to the cards much better than trying to do some yeah, daily ritual of memorizing them
0: and sleep with your tarot under your pillow yeah trying to establish a connection with it yeah
2: that's that's like a a classic
0: yeah a classic one of the nice things
2: about that is that the more time you spend with your tarot deck the more of your energy is in it mm-hmm. and that's really a part of the connection yeah. to you
0: and that's i feel like i have my little mini rider weight version and i've I feel like that one generally gives me like pretty accurate and precise readings because I've had it for years Mm -hmm. And like I just used to flip through them when I was a kid and I feel like it's just been building my energy inside of it for like a long time But I have uh, the wild unknown and -hmm. when I was trying to like get more familiar with it I really liked reading about the images because it's such beautiful imagery and just like why? Why? Why are there just lines coming out from it? And like, then you realize the lines. Okay, lines are representing energy. So if they're circular, then that means something. If they're expansive, it means they're like moving out, or if they're going inward. And memorizing like what the suits mean and the animals, the various animals in that are really pretty. So that that made it easier for me to just like look at the card and be like, oh, well, I see that there's cups, so it's emotion and it looks like there's a lot of energies tying them together and it looks very balanced so like this is a very balanced emotion card you know mm-hmm. that's a very different that's not memorization it's just like
2: right you're reading like the learning card. the cards yeah
0: mm-hmm. and i i think that's more important i think a lot of people will just like pull up the book and be like okay blah 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 blah, blah.
2: Mm-hmm. is what it means.
0: <laughs> yeah. I also think
2: tarot cards are really aesthetic.
0: They are. They're really pretty. I want a tattoo mm-hmm. of one of the um animals from The Wild Unknown for sure cuz just I so want cute. a tattoo
2: from The Wild Unknown also. Oh my gosh, I'm
0: matching tattoos.
2: Well, I want a tattoo of the Ace of Wands because <laughs> that was the card. I love that card.
0: That was the card that, that was predicted, predicted your Dublin. brother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry I said his name. It's okay. It I'm sorry. Predicted my brother.
2: <laughs> In terms of divination, tarot is just one of a a million ways to divine are there any that you've tried that you've enjoyed that you've connected with besides tarot besides
0: tarot um i like i've been trying to do scrying it's hard but i i used to like my pendulum a lot and playing around with my pendulum and the little board little scrying board. And I remember I was deciding if I should drop out of dance or not. And it kept telling me yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sounds and good. And were you happy that you oh, dropped yes, out of dance? Oh, yes. Very happy. I was like, all right. We were I believe all happy. It <laughs> I <don't>
2: know. <laughs> Except for the dance group. Yeah, they were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should have made you happier. That's all I have to say about that. No, yeah. I think you you're really like quintessential fire sign I
0: am you're a fiery little fireball (laughs) have you ever tried fire spraying well not technically but I love fire and I when I was a kid I used to stare into all the time and like just let my imagination go wherever so technically I think I have Mm -hmm. but not on purpose not like I'm going to sit down and fire scry right now. I
2: think mm-hmm. with fire scrying, it's one of those things that if you think that you're going to just sit down and do it right then, it's harder. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting around a fire and, and the you evening just like, gets quiet yeah. and you're relaxing. You just stare. You realize that you're staring at these changing shapes on the coals mm-hmm. and you're lost in them. And all of a sudden, your brain is in this liminal space. yeah, And you... Start feeling and knowing things. That's why I love fire scrying. I, mm-hmm. I mostly don't do it on purpose either. When yeah. I try and do it on purpose, it doesn't work as well for me.
0: Right. I really like even just like lighting a candle and watching it to see if it's still, if it's bouncing, if there's winds, you know. Mm-hmm. It, if you're just in like your room, then there's probably not. So when it's bouncing, I like paying attention to like the ways it goes or like holding my hand above it, seeing how hot it is far away from my hand, you mm-hmm. know. Just fascinating. Fire is fascinating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Best element by far. My little Sagittarius. I have no Earth in my chart, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs Earth? (laughs) Whatever.
2: Crotchety old. Right. Capricorns. Oh, I hate Capricorns. I had to pick an Earth sign that's not (laughs) in my chart to talk shit on. I'm a Virgo moon. (laughs) Yeah, I like fire scrying. I like scrying. I like pendulums, too. I feel Mm -hmm. like you you get some quick results with that. Yeah. You have to know a little bit about what... You're reaching out to for answers, right? With that, I've your higher do. self, a spirit, yeah, a right. deity, make some make some specifics for yeah. yourself. Otherwise, you know, you don't want to get played.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you heard of mirror scrying? Have I, you tried doing that?
2: I do. I do mirror scry. It what ends up happening for me is it works just like when I was a kid and I scried on the popcorn ceiling. Mm-hmm. But what I like to do is I like to do it in the bath. That's what the the frame that I use as a scry board Mm -hmm. is a scrying mirror. It's just yeah, it's
0: black. Yeah, yeah, it's just a spray painted
2: black mirror or black. Uh, not mirror. It's a spray painted black glass plane from a (laughs) picture frame. Which you don't need. See, you don't need to go to wish stores and buy expensive things. You Mm -hmm. can literally that picture frame was from the dollar store. I had a picture of you and I in it, Persephone, for many years, and then I replaced that frame with something a little bit more ornate for the picture of us and I had a can of black spray paint not gonna say why (laughs) (laughs) and for home improvement projects so (laughs) so I just went outside and took apart the old frame and spray paint actually I didn't go outside I did it on the kitchen counter on a plastic bag (laughs) but the kids weren't here so Mm -hmm. I wasn't as worried about the fumes and and popped it back into the frame and Bada bing, bada boom, zip, zap, zop. With mirror scrying, I feel like it's like water scrying in that the the medium doesn't give you a lot to work with. Like with fire scrying, everything is changing all of the time. Mm -hmm. With water scrying and mirror scrying, you're really trying to look into nothingness and let your brain... Yeah. Let let your brain take over. Let your subconscious brain take over. That's really hard for people with anxiety. Yes. <laughs> it's really hard. And so if that type of thing isn't working, then I'd say don't torture yourself. Just find another way yeah. to work on divination. And as you get better at it, I think you learn more how mm-hmm. to calm your mind. And at the risk of sounding like a hippie, I didn't understand mindfulness for a really long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it sounded really annoying to me and anytime someone suggested mindfulness to me i wanted to slap them i was like okay namaste and when i finally figured out what it's actually supposed to be it was just explained to me in the right way mm-hmm. which was learning how to be present in the exact moment and not it wasn't some type of it's not some type of meditative state necessarily And you don't have to be perfect at it. That was Mm -hmm. the other thing that I thought was that you learn mindfulness and you have to be in a perfect state of mindfulness to be successful at it. But actually, mindfulness is really learning how to hold your thoughts in one place. Mm -hmm. So the way that it was explained to me is to focus on the things in your immediate proximity, the feelings in your body at that moment, the smells around you at that moment, the sounds at that moment. And then every time your thoughts start to wander, you bring them back to that moment and you get better and better at it. But learning it as an exercise versus, you know, something that you're just good at, like mm-hmm. yoga or whatever, I don't know. Or like being able to be in a meditative state. Yeah. Who can stay in a meditative state with all of the things going on all around mm-hmm. and all of the stresses from their life pulling on them all of the time. It's like a building block to being able to do that. Yeah. So I really liked having it explained to me as something that you don't have to, you're never like good at it. Right. You're just always practicing it. Yeah. And it works really well if you are experiencing physical pain mm. to help ground you. Because if you're only in one moment, you're not thinking about the next moment right. or how long your pain is going to exist for. And I found that that's really helped me when I have situations that I need to endure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we're just about at an hour. Should we offer a skill or a practice of some kind for people to try out if they're thinking about trying something
0: new? I mean, try telling about Glamour Magic? You want I'll to learn about- Glamour Magic, yeah.
2: Glamour Magic is our practice for us for the week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot
2: of people think Glamour Magic is just about making yourself attractive but you can't really make yourself look different with magic you're the way that you're affecting energy has more to do with where you're directing people's attention Mm -hmm. and so you can direct it away from certain things or toward certain things or away from yourself entirely Or towards yourself entirely. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the belle of the ball.
0: You're going to a nice party. You want to stand out. (laughs) So if you're, let's say you
2: had a job interview. Or a college interview. Or a college interview. Sure, let's say it's a college interview. Thank you. And you think about what are the qualities that you're really trying to project. Mm -hmm. And then do a magical working that directs attention toward those specific things yeah so that they're highlighted and you know you can kind of use the energy to make them larger than life and and so then people's perception of you is centered around what you want them to see yeah and also if you're thinking about shoplifting you can do a glamour to make people not see you so much but just be careful to, right. that there's an ending point for that because it's a part of your physical safety that people can see you when you're crossing the street and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've said that there's been some (laughs) horror stories. Some near car accidents.
2: Yeah. The thing that's hard about Glamour Magic, I think, is when you're thinking about what you want to play up, you have to have a good sense of yourself, like writing a resume. Yeah. Where you're finding all of these great qualities about yourself and all this great experience. And then you've got to talk about it. Like, oh, look at me. I'm so great. It's like the magical equivalent of making a resume. (laughs) Perfect. And so you have to start from a place where there's some parts of yourself you actually like. Right. <laughs> if you're trying to play them up. Yeah. And and I don't think that it's particularly healthy if you're trying to play things down that you do it from a place of self hatred because right. you might be inadvertently programming people to look with disdain the way you're looking with disdain. Yeah. So take a neutral or favorable position yeah. Definitely. while you're doing the working because you're moving energy and you're flavoring the energy and you're programming the energy and it's not, unfortunately, as simple as binary code. Right. Because that would be tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be really cool. Like um, in Buffy, the the cyber witches, oh my like gosh, the teacher. Yes. I love her. Yeah, she was cool. She they did her dirty. Cool. I know they did. Yeah. Joss Whedon's canceled, by the way. But Buffy isn't. But Buffy isn't. Buffy's a good show. Buffy is a good show. <laughs> it's a classic, and and because Joss Whedon is canceled, we get to take an even more critical look at the things that he did.
0: Yeah, but we
2: can still love Buffy.
0: Woo! So, for example, I have a college audition and interview tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I want to do glamour magic that will make my passion stand out. My determination. I want. I want to make sure that my audition is memorable because I'm sure they're seeing hundreds. Mm-hmm. So like I want to do some kind of glamour magic so that I stand out to them. They can see my determination and skill and and things. And also <laughs> for something
2: like that, you you might want to be directing energy directing attention towards your personal charm. Yeah. How funny and <laughs> how easy you are. How funny you are and how easy personable. you are to how easy yeah. you are to work with. How personable.
0: You want me at your college.
2: Right how likable starting with the i would start with the image of all of those parts of yourself that you would want somebody to see Mm -hmm. and then there are a lot of ways to direct that energy you know really i would say start with the type of spell working that you're the most comfortable with and have already had the most success with Mm -hmm. and then branch out from there so that could be candle magic could be a charm and ultimately when a person is advanced they won't be listening to this podcast anymore because why would they Mm -hmm. but when a person is truly advanced they do all of those workings in the astral they don't need tools and they don't need but that's you get there by practicing tools candles and herbs and stones and all of that are like training wheels yeah they're valuable and if you never get bond training wheels that's fine if it's not your goal to be adept then who cares not me you do you in the i mean that in a nice way
0: not in a rude be, way yeah i have an idea i'm gonna run it past you what if you were to draw a self-portrait mm-hmm. and and used those words like things that you want people to see you as so I, you like drew it with those intentions in mind to like create the personality that you want everyone to see you as i think that's a great mm-hmm. idea
2: so a part of affecting the the astral the and the energy in the astral and changing Mm -hmm. and and having it affect the material here is how you focus your intention and when you make when you're making things yourself that's when you're really doing a lot of that work so you know you can buy things pre-made or you can print out a photo Mm -hmm. and use the photo so that you can focus energy on yourself or someone else. Mm. But actually, even if you're not a good artist, drawing the picture right. focuses a lot more. And that okay. and that is a part of your, you know, your subconscious kind of like reaching exactly. back into the astral and manipulating things. Mm. So I think that's a great idea. I mm. can think of a lot of ways that you could do that artistically yeah, too. You know, definitely. it could be a drawing where you incorporate words, it could be a drawing where words are written into the lines exactly that's what I
0: was thinking (laughs) you know
2: (laughs) yeah and then I was telling you today about a a cute spell that I heard about where a mom printed out a picture of her son and I think it was maybe for college or a job interview or something she printed Mm -hmm. out a picture of him and hung it up and she was pinning little post-its to it that were affirmations as if she was saying them directly to him mm-hmm. so it was like you're really smart mm-hmm. you're really funny You've, you're going to nail it today and you're going to be so charming today and they're going to see all of these great qualities in you and sort of pinning it up all around him and it was almost like she was doing a glamour on him yeah. long distance that makes sense and and so that that makes sense so cool. what I think what people should think about too is what skills they already have. So if you have skills in music mm-hmm. or if you have skills in visual arts or if you're really crafty, right. instead of trying to reinvent the wheel or instead of trying to copy what other people do,
1: mm-hmm.
2: start thinking about how you can make what you're already doing so well. Yeah. Be about manipulating energy. Exactly. So rather than, you know, make a charm bag. Mm hmm. If you, I don't know, let's say you knit stuffed animals and that's like what you do, those stuffed animals can be poppets. Those, yeah, definitely. The dog just shook. Those <laughs> stuffed animals can be poppets. Right. Those stuffed animals can be charm bags. They don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to make a cotton muslin bag just like the witch store sells or like you saw on the internet or whatever. So be creative with what you're already doing. And if you right. love, if you love to cook or you love to garden or you always wanted to garden,
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially if you've always wanted to garden, start thinking about plants from seed to seed, yeah. you know, as they grow and then go to seed and learning about them. But then spend time with them because plants have spirits too. And mm. as you're learning and growing as a practitioner, you are learning how to perceive energy and you're learning how to communicate with spirit start thinking about the spirit that exists in other things like plants Mm -hmm. and then and then bring that in and that if you're a visual artist that may mean drawing the plant and really just sitting and and looking at it and drawing it or something else Mm -hmm. but I like your I love your glamour idea I think that's really cool
0: I was just thinking of ways like yeah I feel like people just get creative and like make their own ideas for spells and stuff that's really that's really how
2: it should be done you should be pushing the envelope all the time trying to grow from what don't be copying what other people do grow from where you are expand Mm -hmm. the boundaries never be done learning never be done experimenting
0: yeah yeah anything else any other divination practices tea readings tea readings
2: i love reading tea leaves my grandma taught me how Mm -hmm. i would say if you're Looking to expand your your divination beyond tarot, although I think this works as an exercise for tarot, too, or a lot of people say tarot. I feel like if I talk like that, people will think I'm pretentious.
0: <laughs> it's like caramel. Yeah. I don't say caramel. It sounds too, like, fancy. It caramel. does sound fancy. Caramel. 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 What about <laughs> syrup? Syrup. <laughs> so <laughs> I also say crayon. <laughs> you don't say crayon? No, crayon. But do you say milk? Milk. <laughs> milk. With an I. Come on, people. New Yorkers. It just depends on where you're from. Whatever. East Coast.
2: Okay, so <laughs> if you're. I would say this about divination. There's a million ways to get into it. There's a million ways to do it. But a lot of what you're doing is letting your subconscious mind interpret images and letting images come to the forefront and getting a feel for what those might mean. So when you're in the shower and you're having a really nice time and it's all steamy and you look at the tile in the shower, just zone out on it until you start seeing pictures in the tile. And they may be actually in, you know, in the design that's on them or if you Mm -hmm. get hair on the wall in the shower (laughs) i know i'm not the only person that does this but if this is unfamiliar to you try it start looking for the pictures in the hair or like when you're rinsing out your hair pull your hair out slap it on the tile and give it a wiggle and then start looking for pictures in it just to practice. You're not necessarily doing actual divination, but just to practice and exercise that part of your brain that sees those pictures in your quiet, relaxed state. Because it might be the only quiet, relaxed time you get all day or every three days or whatever the case may be for you. So that's what I would say. For expanding divination. And then we can talk about other types of divination another time. Okay. We could do a podcast where we go over a whole bunch of different types and explain how they...
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Low-key
2: how they work, not into detail. I'm not going to learn rumpology for this podcast.
0: (laughs) What is rumpology?
2: Butt reading. What? (laughs) Rump. Your rump. Your rump. (laughs) Reading your rump. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody's reading my rump. Okay. So I think that's it. Okay. Bye. Bye. oh actually let's just like, do a little bit of quick business if you want to ask a witch a question or you want to s- tell us some cool spell that you did and how it worked or tell mm-hmm. us about some creepy
0: thing or some yes cool, i love like childhood creepy stories yeah
2: some some spirit communication and or haunting moments a psychic moment or cool, you want to tell creepy us- dream that came a, true a creepy dream that did or didn't come
0: true we're interested
2: we want to hear <laughs> a psychic that you saw that was full of shit a, a psychic, psychic that you
0: saw was really cool and like just guessed everything about your life yeah we want to
2: hear about all that stuff so write us an email a c a broomstick at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram at a c a Mm-hmm. and if you want to subscribe to the patreon we haven't created any bonus material for it but it's super super cheap to subscribe to the patreon eventually we will have a bunch of goodies up there it's like one two and three dollars or something like that mm. that's actually at patreon.com acabodybag body mm-hmm. bag because we're lumped in with the other podcast on there so hit us up say hello make friends with us on instagram <laughs> tell us your cool stuff Send us pictures, we'll post them to our Instagram story. Yeah. Let's be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.